Hey yo, what is up? Hey, how you doing? How are you doing? You beautiful, 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 beautiful creature. You look at you. Look at you. You bad. Bad, 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 mama jamma. I would like you to take this opportunity. Uh, if you've got any kind of reflective surface near you, to look at that reflective surface and just be like, yeah, you bad, 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 bad mama jamma. I like you. I like you. You're my homie. I'm working with you. And we're going to do the best we can because that's what's going on. That's what's going on. High fives to everybody, like air high fives, I guess, because, uh, you know, don't nobody want that uh, Wuhan got you all in check. <laughs> people going crazy around here. It's hilarious, this beautiful thing. Uh, people buying all the toilet paper from Target. Like, people are going to make, like, toilet paper forts. You know what I mean? To guard against uh, the, the zombies. You know, like, build a big toilet paper fortress and throw toilet paper at them. I guess it's because maybe you need to make mummies. And obviously, the, the easiest way to make a mummy is to, like, roll around with a load of toilet paper. You know what I mean? If you need some mummies to combat... Uh, the zombies? Is that what's going on? I didn't, by the way, I had no intention of talking about any of this stuff. And then, then here we go. It's because like literally every time I look at Twitter or anything, it's people, people going crazy, man. And, uh, you know, it's that Tom Hanks. It's that Tom Hanks disease. The THD. You know what I mean? It's that THD. Don't nobody want no THD. You know? They're talking about, uh, they're shutting down all venues in California with more than 250 people. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't know, I don't know what that means for uh, my DJ gigs, you know? How are people gonna come and come and give me the THD? I, do you know how many people high-five me every night when I DJ? You know what I mean? Many of them gotta have the THD. They gotta have that Tom Hanks, you know what I mean? They gotta be dripping in some Tom Hanks, you know, and they just wanna share it, but. What you gonna do? It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day to be alive. Regardless, it was like a, it was like a, like a monsoon in LA today. It rained, so it rained real hard, man. And like Hercules was really excited. He was missing the UK a bit this week. He was having all these memories of when he was a little boy in Wales, you know, hanging out with his nine and tide, nine and tide. That's Welsh for grandma and grandpa or something. Uh, grandma, grand, yeah. And uh, he was having these memories, and he's like, oh. and then um, it rained. And he was so excited. You know, he's hopping up and down. He's jumping out on the balcony and jumping up and down in the rain. He loves it. The little seven-year-old ass. Like, because you don't get much rain because we, we, we live in uh, California, you know. And, uh, you know, we got our own problems. You know, the Welsh, they got the rain. And uh, me, I was in the studio last night till 2.30 uh, a.m. as is my want. And uh, I was leaving and a guy attacked my Uber. He like threw himself at the Uber. He's banging on the window asking for a dollar. Like, you need to chill. You know what I mean? I'm not going to risk opening the window because you might have that THD, you know? You might have that Tom Hanks. And, uh, you know, maybe if you'd been a bit less aggressive about it, but who's going to open their window to a guy who's literally throwing himself at the car screaming about a dollar? Like, life down here in downtown Los Angeles, it's like an episode. It's like that first episode of The Walking Dead, you know? When Rick wakes up in the hospital and he's like, she, where'd everybody go? And then he goes into Atlanta and then they all come at him from every angle. You know, it was a bit like that when I went to San Francisco recently. It was a lot like that. In fact, the, the cab, I got out the cab in the place 
<laughs> where, where my wife booked the hotel. She's like, oh, this place looks cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a reason it's cheap. You just put me right in the middle of like, of the walking dead is what you did. I get out of that car and I'm looking around and there's a guy and he's, he's staggering at me. So I turn around and there was another guy coming from the other direction. So I turn around, I'm like spinning around like in a movie, you know what I mean? With the cameras like going around you 360. And every angle, there's someone kind of uh, like lurching at me. Yo, yo, that was deep. That place is called Tenderloin. Tenderloin. What is a Tenderloin. You know what I mean? You could have some tenderloins if you hang around there too long. My goodness. My goodness. There was a lady of the night hanging outside my hotel and she had these fluffy bunny slipper things on. She's swigging from a hip flask and she's there just like, you know, doing her thing. And a guy comes walking towards her and he's holding a jug. I don't know what kind of like thing this is. It was a jug. It looked more like a flower containing device. What do you call that? A vase. There you go. But it was uh, it was a jug. It was like it was like a tankard, but like a really big one. And he just had beer in it. And he just came along and he kind of like cheersed her, and then offered her some of some of it. And she just like dripped this thing, and it was dribbling down her chin and like dribbling onto her like furry, fluffy bunny slippers. You know, it's like, yo, yo, this place is serious. And that was at night, you know. And um, I had to get up early the next morning to go get a flight. And she was still going, man. She was still out there in the bunny slippers, like convening with a whole gang of local local crazed people yo uh, anyway this morning i was like damn man because it was raining so hard and i always think about the homeless when it's raining you know like because uh you know it makes sense to be homeless in california versus like new york because the weather is just better but like once in a while it rains and you're just not going to be prepared for that shit imagine you're like you know what i mean it's like it'd be like if someone just like one day just like cut the roof off your house and just like poured you know water on your head you're not expecting that you've got a roof normally the roof is the sky that's normally full of sun by the way here's another thing that freaked me out this week this really freaked me out this week here's here's a little question i want i want you to ask yourself what color is the sun what color is the sun you, you'd be like yo akira is that a trick question what are you chatting about what are you talking about akira the dawn Every, the, the sun is obviously yellow I asked my wife this. She thought I was taking the piss out of her. She said, she was like, what? What do you mean? And then she sent me a picture of one of uh, Hercules' school books. We homeschooling that boy because we're smart. You know what I mean? Everyone's homeschooling now, right? They're closing down all the schools. Yo, welcome to the wave. Welcome to the wave. The wave is called raising your own children. <laughs> Don't not leave it in care of the government. <laughs> Yo, um, what was the book called? It was called The Sun is Yellow. <laughs> Yo, it's not. There's your shock. There's your there's your Brucey bonus surprise of the week. Hey, sun ain't yellow anymore. It's white. Go outside and look at it. It's white. It ain't yellow anymore. Hasn't been yellow for a while. Hasn't been yellow for like 10 years or something. Some point, it's basically at some point in the last like decade, the sun stopped being yellow and went white. And like now you could be read all, all the science and stuff and like, well, it is technically white. You know, it's like this plus this and that equals that. But it's like, I don't care about none of that. Used to be yellow. I used to look at it. People would be like, oh, you can't look at this. Yes, you can. I used to look at the sun. I was a young boy. I remember I'd look up in the sky. It was yellow. Yellow. It's not yellow anymore. It's white. Why? And also why has this not been the main news story of the past decade? 
you'd be like, what's the main news stories of the past decade? I can't, you know, no one can remember the past a week. Um, I think it was some nonsense about the, the president of the USA. Uh, and, and you know what I mean? Just done, just bad nonsense. Just much, much fictional nonsense. Meanwhile, the sun changed color. Yo, yo, that should have been front page news for a long time. We should be investigating that stuff. I demand an investigation. Why isn't the sun yellow anymore? It used to be yellow. It's not like they've changed the emojis to be white. You know what I mean? Sun is like what? And if the sun ain't yellow anymore, what else has changed and we didn't notice? What are the major, major league, uh, you know, oh my Lord. Anyway, yeah. So that was a baffling one. It's been a crazy week, really. I keep saying this, man, like, you know, we're in steam territory. We're in that thing that Alan Moore talked about, you know? We've gone from a fluid culture, when you can track, when you can measure, this thing's been invented this week, next week, that thing. Let me recap that thing slightly just in case. I sometimes forget that everybody don't necessarily, you know, they don't all necessarily have the, the stuff that's contained in my head. I say to someone, yeah, it's like Steam Fury. And you just expecting everyone to know what that is. All right. So that, just the idea was uh, the, the period of time between the first human invention, which would be, you know, the, the, the rock as blunt instrument, the stone axe, and the baths of Rome, the Rome baths. That rhymes. I put it in a song once. Like the amount of time it takes for that to happen, right? Then the amount of time it takes for the same amount of inventions to happen, right? It halves in time and that keeps happening so you get to a point between 1960 and 1970 human information doubled all right and we keep speeding up so like the idea was that by 2013 2013 up at 2013 2015 there was predicting we'd uh, get to the point where more information was being created in a minute or was it a second i can't remember than in previous human history and so that means you would go from a fluid culture, which was kind of like, you know, flowing along to one that's just bubbling crazy. It's steam. You know what I mean? It's steam. You don't know what's going to happen next. Like you could wake up tomorrow and the whole world is a different world. I've been saying this and we're really seeing this to be true for various reasons. You don't know if you wake up tomorrow, like whether you'll be in Planet of the Apes or not, you know? You don't know if you'll be in Planet of the Apes. You don't know what color the sun's going to be. You don't know if there's going to be a new app that has been released that completely changes the way that we interface with each other. And you don't know what's socially acceptable. You don't know what word you're supposed to use to describe a person with, uh, you know, with uh, with a mustache, you know, or, or a fine, uh, a, jaw, a fine, you know, a fine square jaw and useless nipples. Nibbles, as my son calls them. He calls them nibbles. That's what he thinks they're called. He thinks they're called nibbles. And he doesn't understand. He's like, why have I got them, Dad? What are they for? They don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's where the old saying comes from. You know, that guy was as useless as tits on a boar. Hunter S. Thompson used to say that. He used to say it about a lot of people. You know, he had, he had a bunch of insults and he'd use them on, on people. Pretty much to say, you know, you, you call people a swine, a swine herd, uh, a herder of swine, lots of swine things. What other words did he like? Man, I gotta, I gotta reread some Hunter S. Thompson. I used to read a lot of Hunter S. Thompson for good or ill. Oh, that's one of the things he said. He'd say for good or ill. He spoke in this biblical language. You know, his biggest inspiration was, uh, it was the Old Testament, and and also a book called The Ginger Man, which he typed. 
right? He just retyped that book. He had it in front of him and he typed it out just to get the rhythm in his body, you know, because he understood rhythm. That's what you do. You got to, you know what I mean? And I've been doing that for years. That's what I used to do with like beats. I would like retype beats, you know, so I could get the rhythm, so I could get the feeling of it in my body. Now it's there. Once you got it in there, it never goes away. It's yours forever, you know? It was a beautiful weekend meeting wave. I released an album called uh, Meditations Volume 1 with my dead homie, Marcus Aurelius. I did, I did, I did. And uh, I would say it has had the best reaction of anything I've done, probably. in in From those that have heard it, uh, it has been a universally lauded thing. Like, people really love it. It's not like they're like, this is dope, or like, this is cool. They're like, what the fuck? This, holy shit, it's like blowing people's minds. Well, like, I just pulled up the YouTube thing. It's like, what this one guy say? I really like this thing this one guy said. He said, to have added to the stoic corpus. Incredible. Thousands of years and no one's ever done this, nor anything like it. That you could have been a flash-in-the-pan rapper and was offered it. Which is true and chose to create something that transcends music and philosophy, which will be listened to a hundred times longer than things with a thousand times the views today. That I should be amongst those who hear Meaning Wave today, in the present, and to engage with its creation, and lend my attention, and receive a heart react from the creator. These things could not have happened by chance. Yeah, you write the winter sessions, you bad man. Yeah, yeah, that's real though. And I didn't think, you know, I didn't think about that when I was making it, but it's true. It's true. So, yeah, thank you to each and every one of you who's listened to that record, who's enjoyed that record, who's, uh, you know, sent me a message about that record. And particularly thank you to anyone who has shared it with someone else, because that's literally our entire marketing, is you sharing it with your homies, you listening to it and enjoying it and sharing it. That's literally it. We don't got no PR. We don't like, we're completely ignored by the music press. We're completely ignored by the regular press. You know, we don't have, uh, you know, none of that stuff. We ain't on Jimmy Fallon. We are, we're here, we're right here and we're, you know, and so are you and we're at the peak of recorded human civilization together and that's a beautiful goddamn thing. So thank you. Yes, yes. Yeah, and oh, and hey, guess what? You've been asking for it. A lot of people have been asking for this. Every day I get messages about this. When's, is there going to be merch? Is there going to be merch for this album? Yes, yes, yes. I just designed it and it's uh, on me. Go now. I meant to do this at the beginning. I ain't done nothing I meant to do on this podcast at all. I've just been totally uh, wiling out, just wiling out off the dome. This podcast is brought to you by MeaningWave.com. MeaningWave.com, the home of MeaningWave, the hub of MeaningWave, the place to go for all things MeaningWave. Do you want to read the lyrics? Do you want to know what those guys were saying? Do you want to know what Jocko Willink was talking about on the path? Go to meaningwave.com. You can read all about it. Yes, you can. Do you want to be informed of the latest releases? Do you want to go one place where they're definitely all going to be? Yes, meaningwave.com. Do you want to buy fly merch so you can rap Meaningwave in your town and people know that you're a bad motherfucker and you rock with the wave? That's the only way they're going to know from the outside, apart from your just general beatific countenance and your swagger and the fact that you're standing tall with your shoulders back and you're not freaking out about uh, Tom Hanks' disease. You know, they're going to know, they're going to get an idea you're a wavy guy, but like they got to, you know, you're not going to necessarily, they're not necessarily going to be fully convinced unless they see you wearing meaning wave. And then, oh, my, my goodness. Wow. At that point, well, that that's when this is done deal, my guy. That's when it's a done deal, my lady. 
you wear in that meaning wave, people are going to be like, oh, this right here is a smart individual, you know? So like you can get that stuff and you can get, you know, you can get some Alan Watts shirts. You can get some Meaning Wave logo shirts. And now, now you can get that sweet, that sweet, sweet, sweet Marcus Aurelis Meaning Wave merch. Yes, you can. Yo, we got the, we got the Meditations Volume 1 artwork with the, the, the Marcus mask on the face of the dawn peering from the darkness. <gasps> Yo, that shit's very fly. We got the Grateful to the Gods art with the with the great with the big stoic Marcus bust with the la with the laser eyes going crazy. Shit is too powerful. That's like power levels on a million and nine. And we've got a very very beautiful exclusive phased artwork that you saw on the visual for what did I put that in the visual for? One of the great songs. What if the great was it? You could leave life right around. No, it wasn't. You could leave life right now. What was it? It was another one of uh, truth and justice, self control, self control. It was self control. It was self control. Hard work and persistence. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you know, that's what you should do. You should go right to meaningwave.com right now and cop some of that fine stuff. Yes, you should. Yo, okay. Well, thank you, meaningwave.com, for that that ad break. That was fun. That was nice, but it's true. Yeah, you can go to meaningwave.com and cop great stuff and you definitely should. And it will definitely make you cooler. It will definitely make people more attracted to you. And it will definitely make me very happy because it will help me in my ongoing mission to provide for my family and to uh, grow the wave. You know what I mean? Grow that wave. Grow that wave. Like, uh, you know, uh, pay a bassist. You know what I mean? Uh, pay my guy. Pay my guy Diverting Tales. He's running the Meaning Wave account. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's working real hard. He's working real hard and doing real good stuff. If you haven't checked that out, by the way, you should follow the Meaning Wave account on Instagram. It's really good. He posts like six times a day and it's all fly. Like useful stuff. Like quotes from from the greatest, you know, videos, clips. He makes little videos for, for all the Meaning Wave songs. He makes them. He's going crazy out there. You know what I mean? He's going crazy and he's a great example of how to get on in this life, right? Because like, you know what I mean? He just came to me and was like, yo, I, I'm really good at doing this stuff. You should let me do it for you. And I was like, all right. <laughs> that's how you do it. You know what I mean? That's how you do it. You just go find the people. That's what, remember, that's what Lee Syatt did. You know what I mean? Lee Syatt just went to Joey Diaz and was like, yo, you need a podcast. I could run it. I think he had a podcast already or something. I don't know. I can't remember. But he went to him. He said, look, I will run your podcast for you, Joey Diaz. I'm the flying Jew. Joey Diaz says, okay, cocksucker. And uh, and the rest is goddamn history. You know what I mean? The rest is the scrolls. That's what the rest is. That's where we're at. Wow. What a time to be alive. You know what I mean? Like Naval says, man, the internet, you know, that's his superpower. It connects everyone to everyone. So if you want to be connected with someone, she, you can just hit them up. She, you know what I mean? Oh, you know, I was talking to uh, Mark Watts on the phone earlier this week he's the son of alan watts and we're working together on this new alan watts album and i'm helping helping him out with his endeavors you know what i mean that's because we're all connected now you can just do that you know you can just just talk to people you can just reach out yo you'd be great like you'd be cra like i got a message today from somebody it would blow your mind but i ain't talking about it because i don't like to, cut, to talk about things before they're they're you know real but uh you know the Alan Watts album's real. You know it's real because if you've been watching my Instagram story or if you're on my Patreon, you'll have seen videos, you know? 
uh, I'm six tracks into it, man. And they're all, no, seven, seven now. Seven tracks in and they're all, ow, yo, yo, Wuhan, got you all in check. They are sick. That's what they are. You know what I mean? They are like, they're like, uh, cancel the Olympics level sick. Are they going to cancel the Olympics? What's going on with that? I really wanted to go to Japan this year because it's Akira year. Because Akira was set in Neo Tokyo in 2020 at the Olympics, wasn't it? And it's real life 2020 and the Olympics is in Tokyo. That shit blew my mind. I really want to be in Japan this year. That was always the thing I wanted to do. She, you know, got to manifest that one. I need me a gig in Japan. Anyone out there listening to this, uh, a person in Japan who who uh, wants to fly your boy over and do a show. Because that would be sick. I think that's my destiny. You know? I think that's my destiny. Uh, I'm having to type right now because I'm like, I'm sure I made some notes for things that I was supposed to talk about in this podcast. Oh, yeah. People want to know stuff. Um, yeah, I keep getting messages about pe- about, from people about this hyper-productivity thing. And what I need to do is just like a full-length video, just breaking it all down, you know? But someone had a question because they'd been trying it and like they came unstuck. Didn't work for them. I'm two years deep uh, this week, last week, two years deep, two years, baby. Been in the zone for two years, been hyperproductive two years. Yo, and uh, here's the thing. It's 12.37 a.m. right now in Don Studios. I've been in the studio till like two in the morning every day for like two weeks, you know, didn't it didn't like worked every week at all the weekend this week as well. Because we've got to get this stuff done, man. Like, these records aren't going to make themselves. You know what I mean? they got to be done. It's got to be done. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for all of us for this thing to happen and to work. Now, my homie, uh, Madessia, he's got three S's in his name. That's... That worries me. Because, like, what else goes... A snake, you know? Who, who was it you said, if it's a snake, it's a mistake? I think there was a relation to that story about the old lady and the snake. You know that story about the old lady and the snake? She's this old lady and she's walking home and she sees a snake and he's on the side of the road and he's like, bust his back. Snakes have backs. Anyway, he'd bust it. You know, she picks him up and uh, she's like, oh, you poor little snake, look at you. First off, who does that? You know, I don't even think uh, Bob Ross would do that. And he was, he was famous for helping, you know, crippled animals and putting them in his pocket and nursing them back to health. But that's what she did. She put it in her pocket and she took it home. She nursed him back to health, you know, and she nursed that snake. She put a little like brace on his, on his back and fixed his back. And she knitted him a sweater, you know, and she played him soothing music. You know, she played him Akira the Don instrumentals, you know, so as lots of overload his mind with too much confused stuff to think about, but so as to, you know, soothe him with the, with the dope vibes. And she did that, man. She like built a fire and she kept him cozy. And he got back to health and he was in good health. And one day she went to pat him on the head and he went, and he bit her. He just like arched his big old back up, lurched his face forward and he bit her and gave her all of his venom. And she was lying there. Oh, I'm dying. I'm dying. Why? Why would you do this to me? I picked you up. I nursed you. I played you with Kira the Dawn instrumentals. What the heck? 
And the, and the snake goes, lady, you knew I was a sna- you knew I was a snake when you picked me up. Yeah. I first read that story in the opening of Hunter S. Thompson's book, Generation of Swine, which was about Bill Clinton. <laughs> and uh, that's a real eye-opener. A lot of people don't know that book. That's one of his least known books. And literally in the opening chapter, he accuses Bill Clinton of uh, having VHS tapes of him doing things with underage girls that uh, he had bought back from people who were trying to blackmail him. I remember reading it at the time being like, you put that in a book. Obviously, you could put it in a book. Uh, and the only reason, the way you can get away with putting stuff like that in a book without getting sued is if it's true. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, don't, you know, don't be picking up no snakes. But that completely derailed me from the point, which was that this guy in my Instagram, who seems like a perfectly nice fellow, but he's got three S's in his name. Uh, he had a question. He said, how do you not get burnt out by this hyper productivity thing? I try. I always feel wiped out. Maybe that's a good question for a podcast if you're too busy answering right now. Yes, that is definitely a question for a podcast. Definitely. I couldn't write that answer in Instagram. Imagine. I mean, it's very difficult to write on iPhones. It was much easier to write on Blackberries. I used to ride around on a bicycle with a Blackberry, right? And I'd be riding around. I would just write raps in my head on a bicycle. And I'd be riding, right? And I'd be typing on a Blackberry with one hand the raps that came into my head. You couldn't do that on an iPhone. You could not do that on an iPhone. I suppose you could say, hey Siri, and you could say them, you know? Sure, Sh- translate into which language? No, no, shush, German, shush, German, no. Spanish, no. French, I didn't Italian, ask you to translate anything. Japanese, Brazilian, Portuguese, no, shush, shush. Russian, could you shush? I'm recording Chinese. a podcast, Siri. Hey Siri, Yes. no, go away. Thank you. And uh, don't hold that against me when there is a robot uprising. I forget that. I never use Siri. I forget that even. I didn't even mean for that to occur like that. That's just terrifying. Ugh. What is going on? Anyway. (laughs) How do you not get burnt out by this hyper productivity thing? Yo, it's easy, man. It's do you know how easy it is to not get burnt out by hyper productivity and zone inhabitation? Do you know, and I've given you the answer already. I said the answer on my song, How I Made Meaning Wave with Jordan Peterson. I said it in a rap. I did a little rap on that song. And at the end of it, I said, don't need motivation. We've got meaning. Discipline equals freedom. It's that. Meaning wave, meaning wave, meaning wave, meaning wave, meaning wave, meaning wave, meaning wave. You dig? It's literally that simple, man. Don't need motivation. We've got meaning. When you got that meaning, when, you, when you're really, really incongruence with your highest nature, right? And when you're doing that light work and you're doing that self work, when you are simultaneously feeding your family, filling that hole in you that can only be filled by you expressing your greatest self and helping people and doing good in the world that's measurable and gives you instant feedback. Like there is no such thing as burnout. No such thing as burnout. I have not been burnt out once in this entire thing. I mean, I felt I've been sleepy, you know, I got tired, went to sleep, woke up, got after it, <laughs> you know, went to bed, got up, got after it. You know, you go forth, you be mighty. You got to be in congruence with your highest potential, man, your highest self. You got to be doing the thing that's, that's truest to you. You got to be in the zone of your bliss. And the deeper into that thing you go, I it seems to me that the less, the less, 
potential for burnout there is. I've been doing this for two years. You know my repertoire. You know you know what's going on. You you've seen you've seen the results. You know I see how many albums I put out. You see how many songs I dropped. You see how many DJ mixes, blog posts, powerful tweets, epic activities in general, and it's only increasing. I'm definitely, definitely, definitely accruing more power as I go in. It's like, boom, you're like picking up the energies and you're just becoming more and more powerful. <laughs> like people talk about, they ask me, Akira, they don't, what do you do about beat block? Ain't no beat block. There is no such thing as beat block. There is just you not being in congruence with your highest possible self. Like that's all it is. So you just got to get in congruence. You know, you just got to make sure you know why you're doing it, what you're doing it for. What, like, and, uh, you can't be second guessing or questioning or umming and ahhing or, hmm, or maybe or, oh, it doesn't seem like this is quite what. Do, do, you got to be doing, you got to go, 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 you know? And if you don't know, then work it out. And you can, all right? You can. You got to do, like, you know, you get when you, you're putting out some shelves, you know, and you get the magnet thing. And you move it along the wall so you can find out where there's a someone's previously put a nail in a piece of wood behind the drywall, and you know that's a good place to drill. You know you got to do that with yourself. You got to do that to your life. You got to go through your life with that thing and find the nail that was put in at one point in your life where you did something that gave you that feeling of congruence. You know of true congruence of being in that zone of like the place where you're meant to be. You know that when you're there, you know that, you know that place. And you've been there at some point. Maybe it was one time when you were three, you know, and you were peeing over a high wall because that's what you thought mini boners were for. And maybe at that point you had that magical feeling. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do. Maybe you're the, that you're supposed to be like getting things over high walls. Maybe you're supposed to be a wall climber, a mountain climber. Maybe that's sort of, you know what I mean? There's some clue, some key in your past to a point where you felt that congruence. So you've got to get back to that. That's why I talk about time travel. Time travel is important. And the way I've told you, the way you time travel is you use music to time travel back to the place you were when you first heard that music. That's why you've got to keep listening to new music and really listening to it and feeling it and forging connections with it. I'll be doing that every day. I heard some new songs last night that were recorded in the 70s. They were new to me. I'm going to have the feeling I had last night in the studio when I was having this wonderful experience working on the Alan Watts album and watching this MG The Future video and learning some new stuff. And uh, he was playing some songs and a couple of them I'd never heard before. And I was really like hoping I was going to be able to um, hold on to the feeling that I had last night because it was really powerful and I know I'm going to need to go back there at some point in the future. And I'm going to be able to go back there with those songs, a couple of those songs that he played, this one Bootsy Collins song. I had heard it before, but like a different version or something. I don't know what it was. And um, I'm going to be able to use that to time travel back to that feeling forever. And that was a real great high feeling of congruence and, uh, and real deep zone being, you know. Maybe at some point in the future, some fucked up thing happens and I fall out the zone, I can time travel back, you know. So that's what you need to do. You need to work out a point in your life when you were in congruence. You need to travel to that moment. You need to feel it. You need to close your eyes, look around you. What was there? What was what was I doing? What was I wearing? What was the smells in the air? What season was it? All these things. The closer you can get to that feeling, then you'll be able to isolate it in other places and you can go, okay, shit. So I was there. I was doing this and I felt this feeling of joy. So what was I doing? What about it was so special? And like basically there's going to be something in there that's the clue to what you're supposed to be doing with your life. 
And then when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in your life, you do that in a hyperproductive manner and there will be no burnout. Now, you've got to be smart. There's a couple of practical considerations to take into it. You've got to sleep enough. You've got to sleep enough. You need seven to eight hours, seven to nine hours. I don't give a shit who you are and what you think you're doing. I don't care if you're Gary Vee or President Trump. You do Four hours is not enough. You need the seven to nine. All right? I get seven to eight most nights. And I always have. When I was homeless, I did. I used to sleep on and under benches and I got the amount of requisite sleep. There was one period in my life when I was like sofa, sur sofa surfing between places of homies, right? And I had a homie, I'd go, we'd go to the club. We'd come back at like three, four in the morning, get a couple of hours sleep. He'd get up and go and work at the Coke bottle factory, the Coke can factory, sorry, it was a Coke can factory, right? In Birmingham. And uh, it was his mama's house, you know, so I couldn't stay there. So I'd get out of the house. And I had a job in a record shop in the afternoon, like 11 o'clock or something. I would go, to, I went to a public toilet in Birmingham, right? And I went, I'd go in a cubicle and I'd wrap my little self around the fucking, the flipping, excuse me, around the basin of the toilet bowl and sleep for another four or five hours. I got my, my whole life, I've got my sleep, Right. And that's why, you know, I have this beautiful, youthful countenance, you know, and all this energy. That's one of the reasons. I was DJing on Saturday and I played Free Fallen and uh, people was going crazy. And this woman runs over to me. She's like, you're too young to know this song. How do you know this song? I, I remember the song came out. I think I was nine. I ain't too young to know this song. I just got my sleep. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, I got meaning. You know what I mean? Boom. You know, I don't watch no unnecessary, I don't watch no TV. And, uh, you know, I don't eat no soy. You know, I eat steak, I drink water. And uh, I sleep the requisite amount, all right? I don't know if I'd have been able to do this if I was going ham on carbs, like like I used to and like regular people do. Like, because you eat some carbs and you feel a little sleepy, you know what I mean? But um, I don't get that because I just eat steak. A steak don't make you sleepy. I just feel more powerful. You know? So, yeah, that's what I would say in answer to that question. Yeah, you were right. I couldn't have answered that on a, on a no Instagram, on no iPhone. I couldn't have done that. That would have been an impossible task. You know? Even for me. <laughs> hey, shit. Well, I think that's enough podcast for one day. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I could tell you one thing. Here's the thing that happened on Sunday. I was going to the studio on Sunday, right? And uh, I got all the way down here and I realized I'd left my keys. Because I've got this weird thing. If I don't wear a, a trousers with a back pocket, I forget my keys. Because I guess what's happened in my habit loop of leaving the house and picking up my keys and that is that like the way I wear my keys is I, I uh, attach them. They're on a chain and they're attached to via uh, to a loop on my trousers and then they go in my back pocket. Sometimes I've got some trousers that don't have a back pocket occasionally. And when I have trousers with no back pocket, I always forget my keys. Every damn time. You know, sometimes it'll be I'll like, I'll get five minutes out of the house or two minutes or one. And then I'll realize. But in this instance on Sunday, I got all the way down to the studio in downtown Los Angeles from West Hollywood, you know, and um, I've forgotten the keys. I was like, damn, homie. So I had to go all the way back and all the way back again, you know. But what happened was is I got the, my Uber guy who drove me 
He's like, oh, what'd you do? I was like, oh, music. He's like, oh, me too. I'm a rapper. I was like, uh, it's one of these. And he was like, you know, one of the, <laughs> and then, the, you know, obviously he then regales me with his raps and plays me his struggle rap songs, you know, that, uh, that, you know, his homie did the beat for, but like one of the tunes, there was no kick in it, you know, and no bass line. He's like, this song's a hit, right? I was like, well, only to be fair, like it was half a hit. I had like a good, really good chorus and like it was really anthemic. I mean, the synth sounded like it was sort of 2009. You know, when Drake and Lil Wayne did all those like anthem type songs and they'd just be like, ooh, out here all around. Everyone had like a big EDM type synth or pre-DM almost synth. But it was a big song. And this guy, could he could definitely rap, you know. He was like somewhere like, he was like in, he was somewhere between a Tupac and a Little B, which sounds like very, very high praise to me. But like, because he had sort of Tupac-isms, but then a kind of like rawness of a, of young Little B, you know. But the beat didn't have a kick drum or it didn't have any bass. It was like, yeah, there's no kick and no bass on this record. He's like, ah, shit, I knew there was something missing from this. I knew it. I knew it. And, um... <laughs> Play me a couple of other songs. There was really some really good stuff. There was just certain stuff missing. He didn't know what to do. And he was like, oh, you know, I'm waiting on my homie to do this. And I need, I just need to. And he's like, he was all excited to meet me. Because for, for a second, he was like, because I just need a producer to believe in me. It's like, no, you don't. That's the opposite of what you need. You need to stop waiting for uh, the person to believe in you. You know, and I, and I gave it to him. Right, I gave it to him raw. I was like, yeah, you don't need nobody. You can buy, you can go to SoundClick right now and buy a beat this, from the same producer who did Juice World. You can go buy a Nick Mira beat for forty dollars. You know what I mean? You can buy a beat from like the guy who did, you know, Old Town Road or whatever. You know what I mean? You ain't got to wait for no producer. You go on SoundClick, you can lease a beat for thirty bucks and wrap your ass off on it. You ain't got to, you ain't got to wait for nobody. Nobody's gonna put you. You you, you waiting for someone to put you on? What is this? This is ain't. This is not two thousand. You know what I mean? You're not like trying to hustle a demo tape and hope that Dr. Dre hears it and puts you on. We're in the future. You can go out there and buy amazing beats on SoundClick for zero money. And you can record them in your house on your struggle, on your struggle mic. And you can send them to someone to mix them for nothing. People will mix them online. They'll make them sound good. They'll make your struggle mic sound good. And you'll be rapping on their, you know, on beats that are the same beats that are the same beats you're hearing on the radio. You can do that right now. Ain't nothing stopping you but yourself. There's nothing in your way but yourself. There's no limits to your potential apart from the limits you place upon yourself. And one of those limits is you thinking you need someone else. You don't need someone else. You do not. You can find your audience. You can find an audience. You can find some people who fuck with you. There's definitely some people who fuck with a little B slash Tupac guy, even with no kick and no, no sub. I reckon there's probably a market for people who want to listen to music with no bass. Probably is. You know, Prince went through a period of making period of making records with no bass. I think he did that because he's such a cocky little shit. Like, if you, and you know this if you've ever DJed in a club and the sub is gone. Half the chicks just walk out the room and they don't even know why they just walked out, but it's because they like the bass. That's what they're there for. That's what they're enjoying. That's what they're moving to. And you cut out the bass. That's like most of why you're there. So Prince was like, shit, if I can make records with no bass and people still rock with him and the chicks go crazy, like, then I am the shit. And I am the the greatest of all time. I'm pretty sure that's why Prince did that. But anyway, 
you know, and I gave this guy, the, I gave this guy these bars, you know, I dropped him a bunch of wisdoms, gave him some keys, told him some things that he could do on his own with nobody else to light his ass on fire. I don't know if he's going to do them or not, but when he dropped me off, he looked me in the eye and he said, dude, you just, he said, you just changed my life, brother. He just said, you just changed my whole life. Like this one car journey just changed my life. And I got out of that car and I went and got my keys and I went back down again, you know? But it's like, well, shit, maybe I was supposed to lose those, forget those keys just to change that guy's life. And shit, maybe he doesn't take any of my advice at all, you know? Maybe he remembers it and he tells someone else one day and when he's still driving an Uber in 40 years in the one bit of America left where there's still Ubers that people drive, you know? Because AI drives everything else in other areas. But there'll be one place, you know, maybe he's out there and he's like, oh, I should have taken Akira the Don's advice, you know, but I'm going to give it to you, little struggle rapper. And uh, shit, maybe that's why, you know. I don't know. I don't know. But I tend to, you know, I live in a magical world, man. We all live in a magical world, but I really choose to look at it that way. So I'd be like, okay, well, that was for that magical last reason. We out here doing light work, you know. And that means like, uh, well, to me, I don't know what it means to you. To me, it means that like the work you're doing is like helping people. It's, it's healing or teaching or whatever, you know. You've got to have some of that in there. I didn't realize that before. I know that now, you know. You've got to be providing for you, your, you, your family and, uh, and others, your community and shit, man. You've got to be doing something that's useful. Doing some useful shit like Thomas the Tank. We've talked about that before. Anyway, speaking of which, I got to get back to it, man. I got to get back to it. This Alan WhatsApp, I'm going to make itself. It's uh, it's one in the morning over here, you know, and uh, I got more to do. We got so much to do. So, yeah, thank you for being here. Uh, don't freak out. You know, there's there's nothing to fear but fear itself, man. I don't know who said that. It was probably Winston Churchill's scriptwriter. But that's true. You know? I keep saying, like, if it's outside of your control, don't matter, let it go, you know? Just control that with which you can control. And you can do that, man. You can be prepared. You can be ready. You can be cool. You can be educated. You can be whatever. Like, don't stress about the stuff that is outside your control. It don't matter. Let go of the rock that is also falling off the cliff along with you. Let go of that thing. You don't need to hold that. You're falling. We're all falling off a cliff together, baby. And, you know, we could enjoy that. We could be like, woo, we're falling off a cliff. You know, you could throw your arms about and wiggle and stuff. You could dance in the air as you fall. You ever see a cartoon where someone's falling off a cliff and after a while they've been falling for a long time. So they start doing random stuff while they're falling. You know, they start dancing or like chopping up a carrot or something. You know what I mean? You could just be like that, man. We all falling off this cliff together, you know. You gotta hang out, let go of the rock. We could join hands, we could do a dance, whatever, man. But like, we together, we're here, and it's cool and it's fun and it's exciting as hell. And there's no other place I'd rather be, no other time I'd rather be in than right here, right now with you. This has been this week in Meaning Wave. I've been Akira the Dawn. I remain Akira the Dawn, and this time next week I'll still be Akira the Dawn. And so you won't. You'll be you. You'll be you. And you're a beautiful motherfucker, and I'm proud of you. Okay. Boom. Speak to you next week. Meaningwave.com. Go cop some 